Hey everybody, this is Dave Lane. Happy to join you today with the Toast to Growth podcast, a podcast dedicated towards helping you achieve growth, have fun, and win along the way. We're going to be talking to different partners of ours from all across the beverage space, different people that we're going to engage with and ask them how they achieve growth, how they help their team grow, how they help their customers grow, and how they've had a good time doing it all the way. Justin, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Sir Lane, thank you very much. It's very, it's great to be here. I'm doing excellently. I've got no major complaints, sir. How about you? I'm great. As I said, I was excited when you came in. Why don't you just tell the folks who might be listening some of the things that you do and how your job rolls out and what you do from day to day? I am part of the third generation of my family's company at King Estate Winery. My father and grandfather started the winery together in the early 90s. And I started working really in earnest with the winery, uh, actually in the Northeast. I was based in Brooklyn and um, I began uh, working in some states, covering some business for the winery up there. I was working in Connecticut and Pennsylvania and New Jersey and New York, just going out and doing the ride with thing every day. Fast forward 10 years later, I am I'm currently the uh, uh, national sales manager for the winery. I guess we're going to talk about the whole journey to get there, but um, but that's my current position at the winery. And um, as I said, it's a, it's a family affair. My brothers are all involved as well. That's cool. How many siblings do you have, Justin? Two younger brothers. So we've got uh, Taylor, who's the middle brother. And he's actually involved in all of our kind of media and point of sale materials and label design and advertisements and uh, you know digital media as well. And then uh, my, my youngest brother, Joe, who is also involved with that as well, helps with editing and, and doing sort of, um, you know, uh, videos for social media and, and, you know, just kind of content like that. So um, everybody's kind of pulling together. It seems like the three of you guys went sales, marketing, social media. Why didn't anybody jump for the uh, winemaking realm? Well, you know, I am actually making a small amount of wine. So my, my wife and I make a, uh, a little production called Seven Rows, and uh, we've been doing it since 2016. It's about roughly 70 cases every year. The winemaking is biodynamic as well. You know, some interesting sort of process tweaks that we made to the, to the, uh, to the project to kind of differentiate it and have fun. So, you know, we're, we're dipping a toe in the winemaking aspect of it too. But it's, it's you know, there's a, lot, there's a lot to do in the whole national sales manager role. I... Uh, <laughs> I wish I had more time for winemaking myself, but, but hopefully in the future, maybe I can step more towards that. Look, I'm glad you did the national sales manager gig because that's how I got to meet you. Likewise. <laughs> you know, it's not it's uh, not for the faint of heart to be out there pounding the drum, making sure that you're getting the right attention, right notice, that people are getting a chance to enjoy your wines, that, that uh, we all get them in close proximity of being purchased somewhere. And so, uh, look, I get it. There's, there's certainly a lot to be done there. It helps to believe in it, <laughs> right? Well, it does. I'm not a, I'm not actually a, a natural, uh, I'm not a natural born salesman. And it took me a long time to feel comfortable in, in that kind of a role. But I think a really important part of, part of it for me was a true sense of sort of a belonging within the company, obviously, with the, with the family. And, and just a belief in what we actually do, um, how we do what we do and the final product and, and all of it. And I think that that is kind of what gives me a lot of fuel because if that wasn't there, I don't know, I, you know, it'd be harder to find that, that motivation, I guess. I would contend that you are natural because you're candid, you're engaged, and you're authentic. 
So, you know, to be a really good salesperson, you have to be able to verbalize what it is that you hope to achieve. My interactions with you, I think you verbalize that very well. And in and, and a very partner-like manner where we talk through it and it's all great. And I, I think that's definitely a hallmark of somebody who can do well in sales. You know, you engage, you know, when I ask you for something or, or we need to think about solutions together, it's not a check the box. It's a seek out the solution and, and create a win-win and an ability to go out there and get it. And then as a partner, what I appreciate is that you're authentic. You know, you speak what you believe in because that works. And that's part of the reason you found yourself where you're at. And you've got the added benefit of also being a family ambassador too, right? So that doubles down on the authenticity angle pretty well, right? Yeah, I guess, I guess it does. And I think, um, you know, I, I don't think I could approach it any other way and, and do it every day. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, you do approach it every day because that's your job. That's your passion. It's what you do. But what is it that used to fire you up? Essentially, I'm motivated by the other people I work with at the winery, by knowing who they are, you know, their families, knowing that we're all kind of in this, the, the good ship King estate together. You know, everybody's got to kind of pull along. And, 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 when, and when I can, myself and the team can actually deliver something together that really benefits the company, it feels really good because you know that you're from, you know, the folks in the vineyard to the folks in winemaking to, you know, marketing to the folks at the restaurant, uh, to the tasting room. I mean, it's all connected together and everybody's got to do a good job for the whole thing to really work as, as well as it possibly can. And there's just something inherently gratifying about that, being part of that. I think it's a sense of responsibility. It's also a sense of joy and wanting to contribute. Um, and it's the challenge too. Like, I mean, that's motivating. I think also just purely just to have those challenges out there. Can we get this, can we get X done? You know, where can we get to this year that we weren't the year before? Some of those challenges aren't as easy. I mean, you got challenges from Mother Nature like we had in 2020, and we have, you know, you have things that are thrown at you, and then you have to figure out how you pivot together as a team. Now, I should not use the word pivot. That is the most overused word of 2020. You know, you've got, you've got to try to grow together despite challenges. I think there's a lot of motivation in there if you're looking. That's awesome. One team, one dream, right? That's right. I like that you spoke to responsibility and uh, teamwork and, and uh, the analogy of, you know, uh, driving a truck for it. And, and, you know, you have a portion of that vehicle that you control and you have to do it. And, and if you do it well, the rest of the groups can perform their functions well. You have a really optimal uh, vehicle and it goes great, right? Right. Right. Exactly. Oftentimes, folks do stay in the family business, but sometimes they decide to go and do other things. When did you decide that this was the path that you, you felt was the right path for you to go down for you? Man, it's, uh, it's a, that's a tough one. I, think, I, feel, I feel like I'm always kind of working through that question. Like I said, I didn't come to the winery uh, really you know, um, you know, in earnest until I think it was 2011. And before that, I had done, been doing a lot of other things. I had been a musician for, I guess, since I was about 15 or so. I started touring the world basically as a guitarist. Well, I guess I was about 20 years old. So started doing shows with like James Taylor and B.B. King and, and, you know, Diana Krall, like lots of different tours that I was on and, 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 and just kind of gave my life to music. Um, started a recording studio here in Oregon, which I then actually moved to Brooklyn in 2010 and ran, ran the studio there and, and produced a lot of records in Brooklyn. You know, worked with, um, you know, Solange and, um, and uh, Vampire Weekend and a lot of, just a lot of great, you know, uh, also great New York bands and, jazz, you know, all sorts of music, um, you know, uh, that's obviously, you know, we're just, you know, everywhere in New York. 
I was really pretty dedicated to music. There was one chapter that I kind of went off on, which was photojournalism. And I worked in, I worked in Iraq during the war, uh, embedded with, uh, with the Oregon National Guard in 2008 and 2009, and did some other projects in, in South Africa and Haiti. Point being, you know, my journey to the winery was very windy. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's still for me something where I'm pretty devoted to music. You know, I have a lot of other kind of mus- musical projects happening that I, that I continue to work on. Um, you know, basically in any time that I'm not, not doing winery work, <laughs> I'm trying to keep a lot of plates spinning, keeps it interesting. And, um, you know, and, and I'm trying to sort of like um, continue to sort of make, meet milestones in all of those things that I'm interested in uh, along the way. Um, I don't want to be a jack of all trades, master of none, right? So it's, it's, it's figuring out where do you find the energy for all those things? But it really, I mean, it, actually, at the end of the day, I think, you know, when you have other interests that kind of challenge you in different ways, it stretches your mind, it stretches your thinking, and maybe you approach your other work differently than you would if you didn't have these other elements in your life that were also kind of teaching you. In different in a different way. That's a really long answer to your question, but uh, no, but, but Justin, here's the deal. That was awesome. Okay, because you know you're almost like your own uh, Homeric. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're, you traveled through an odyssey, and you know too many people, in my opinion, don't get the ability to have these great journeys in life. And you know you described a lot of things. You know, touching on different countries. I mean, heck, you went from the National Guard in Iraq. To running a music a music studio in Brooklyn with Vampire Weekend, that's pretty cool. I mean that that's uh, that, that's awesome. And uh, you know what I understood your answer to say is that look, you're where you're at now, and you're happy, and you're committed, and you're doing, but but you're still keeping your eyes open, and you're and you're enjoying you're enjoying this journey. That's yeah. cool, really cool. I admire that. You know, as an aside, I uh, I run uh, to get my thinking on. Mm-hmm. And, Empire Weekends, one of the bands I listened to. Uh, I actually like Oxford Comma. So that song that they did, and I would, li- you know, I would encourage anybody to check out Oxford Comma. It talks about, you know, I'm not going to worry about an Oxford Comma. I'm going to worry about on, on, you know, the bigger, the bigger issues and the things that I'm going to do that matter. And so I think you found yourself in a place that matters, you know, after and as part of a great journey. And I admire that. Thanks, Dave. I mean, it's, 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 it is a journey. And, um, you know, and that's why it's sort of, it's like, I don't, in a way, I don't, I don't, I mean, I know this is my career and it's what I've been doing for the last 10 years with the winery and it's my family's company, but it's also like, I don't know what the future holds, you know, yeah. I mean, it's going to be, it's, it's going to turn into what it turns into. You know, the journey, right? So, yeah. so that journey, the journey as robust as it can be. So, so you've been on this journey and you're in a great place right now. And you've grown up in a, in a fascinating environment. When you look through on your journey and where you're at today, can you think of any one area or one time when you achieved the biggest uh, moment of growth in your life or in your career? Can you look back at a period where it was like hypercharged? Over the last few years, um, in terms of my, my wine world career, it's been hypercharged. I would say that the last few years have been extremely challenging for the Oregon wine industry. I've been on the Oregon wine board uh, during that time, fronting a lot of these uh, these 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 challenges we've been dealing with. Um, whether it's you know the 2020 harvest or people disagreeing about labeling or content or outside you know of the state producers, um, you know there's just been a lot of uh, challenges and it's been. I think supercharged, you know, in a way that's not necessarily always easy or, 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 you know, necessarily even pleasant, but 
but a really good challenge. How do you bring people together? How do you sort through these issues? How do you, I mean, and there's so much bigger than just King of State, right? I mean, so it's like being part of that process has felt pretty supercharged to me because there's just so many moving parts to it and so many people involved. And um, it's truly like taking on some of the biggest challenges of my industry, you know, with my colleagues. And that's been a huge learning experience and actually a, a huge like personal development experience as well. I would say, you know, being on the OWB has been a, a, a big uh, learning experience. And then of course, you know, taking on the national sales manager position, what I did was pretty intimidating as well. Just, you know, wanting to do a good job at it, <laughs> you know, and, and not having ever done it before. <laughs> and so, and so, you know, you're motivated in a way by that anxiety of, of not wanting to, you know, um, or just wanting to, wanting to do it well, wanting to, you know, wanting to perform in a way that you're, you can be proud of. So anyway, you know, I would say that the last few years have been, have been really challenging, but in a really good way. And I think they've strengthened me and they've given me a lot of perspective and a lot of new friendships and connections in the industry. So, you know, it's been good. If you look forward into the future, do you think there's going to be any kind of activity or experience that's going to be a future source of growth? I do. I, there's a couple of things I'm thinking of right now. So I, I've been serving on our, our, um, my area's uh, food bank board for a, a few years now. I'm about to be stepping up into the vice chair role there, and then I'll be stepping into the chair role. And in running food, for, helping to run food for Lane County, uh, there again, another big sort of challenge um, that is sort of, you know, beyond just the, the business concerns of the day. It's like, how do we make sure that everybody in the county who's, uh, who needs, you know, food assistance is getting it? And these kinds of things, that's the, I think it is a huge challenge. So I think that I'll be tested there for sure. And I think it, it'll be, you know, I think it's going to be really good. The other thing I'm actually working on right now is a, uh, a project that uh, actually has to do with music. Um, at some point, I think probably this, maybe next summer, I'll be uh, working on a, a, um, basically it's a series, a television series that I'm trying to put together um, that actually has to do with uh, places in the world that have really distinct musical heritage and talking about kind of the history of that heritage, who's doing it now, what does it mean to their lives, like, how, and how are they sort of evolving it? Um, and, and then sort of like a performance of, of, um, of you know, a modern take on, on that music. So anyway, just sort of a travel show with music as the vehicle essentially, but I've been working on kind of putting that together and writing it for the last, uh, I don't know, six months. And um, so I'm looking forward to that. There's a lot of challenges. I like, I like those kinds of sort of uh, big projects that, you know, uh, require a lot of planning and, you know, a lot of foresight and, and, uh, and it's, it's a lot to bite off, but it'll be fun. So, so what I'm hearing you say is you achieve your growth and you have achieved some of your biggest growth through taking on big projects where there's an embedded challenge inside of them. And then as an added benefit to help you get even more fired up and achieve growth is creativity. You know, if you're, if you're able to harness some creative angle on the talents you have, that's where, that's where you go and, and, and you achieve that growth. Is that correct? How much more motivated can you be than doing something where you find fulfillment? I mean, like that's, that's sort of like the richness of life, right? I mean, that's right. everything else is kind of on paper. It doesn't matter how much money you're making necessarily. I mean, there's how, how many folks are out there, you know, uh, ch you know, just, just chasing the dollar. I mean, it doesn't, it's, I think it's pretty clear that that alone doesn't make you happy. I mean, finding those, those things that you get that, that sense of like um, the, that sense of sort of deeper involvement in, in a community or in, a, in, in life and, and, and that sense of feeling like rewarded 
um, on a personal level for, for something that you're working on just through the act of working on it. You know, that to me is like, that's, that's living. That's, that's like the best life you can have. Right. That's like um, when you're in the flow, you know, like when yeah. you're that kind of stuff, it just flows. Yeah, exactly. Do you love to win or hate to lose and why? And you can only pick one or the other. Gosh, that's a tough one, man. Two sides of the same coin. I think it's that I love to win. Yeah, I think it's that I love to win because that's a much better feeling. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, but I, I hate losing and I, I'm, I, am, I think I am competitive. I probably don't want to think that I'm competitive as competitive as I am because I actually don't really like competitiveness necessarily. I don't think it's a good look in a way on some level. I like to win when it feels natural. I like to win when it feels like right place, right time, right product, right person or whatever. And, and it's, there's the, there's the kismet aspect of it or whatever. And it's, and it, um, that's when it feels like, you know, everything's harmonizing and that's a way better feeling than, um, than, you know, feeling frustrated by something not going the way you wanted it to. So I guess I would say it's, I really like to win, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's only the right kind of win. I guess, <laughs> like, I don't like winning at any cost. I don't like winning, yes. uh, you know, at any, you know, at any kind of, um, by any, by any means. I like to, uh, I like, I think winning by the right means is, is the best. I get it. Uh, they're, listen, they're, they're, both of those are fine answers. It's, it's, there's, there is no wrong answer. If you, if you hate to lose, you're going to be driven to make sure you achieve what it is you set forth. Each There's a lot of responsibility and reliability in that. If yeah. you love to win, you know, that way, maybe you don't have to uh, have a victory at each and every uh, experience. And you can actually um, regroup from a loss and exactly. bigger win down the line. And so I think that uh, we need both aspects of that at different times in our lives. And, and, and I appreciate the fact that your answer in love to win is, is you love to win when it's done the right way. It makes you feel more imbalanced and able to contribute more completely to, to yourself and those around you. Absolutely. And I think it's, that's a, I mean, ultimately at the end of the day, maybe it's just a better motivator than fear or disappointment or insecurity or those things. Those things can all, you know, work together to maybe um, help fuel a win maybe, but you said it, you said it better than I did. <laughs> I, I get to, I'm listening. I'm listening to you, man. So you, listened to or read recently that inspired you? You know what? I recently reread uh, The Innocence Abroad by Mark Twain. I think I've read that book like three times in my life now. I think one of the things that I think inspires me about actually pretty much any book by Twain is just how much the way he approaches life in all of its spectrums of, of, of happiness and difficulty and, and whatever. He just approaches it with a great sense of humor and levity. And there's something about, you know, keeping in mind everyone's ridiculous and everything is sort of ridiculous. And, uh, and seeing, seeing the sort of the humor, I mean, humor is a great, I think humor is a, a really uh, important aspect of just dealing with life. And, you know, you have to make light of yourself. You have to make light of, you know, all the things we just talked about, actually, all the challenges that we encounter and any failures we might encounter, but even when we win, I mean, just kind of keeping a sense of levity about, you know, just going down, going through this journey. It's a huge shield, I think, in a way, and it kind of helps things kind of just, you know, glide off of you uh, a little bit more easily. 
I actually love reading and I love books that have the ability to help put your mind in the right perspective and, and, and yourself in the right perspective. And The Innocent Abroad uh, by Mark Twain. I had, I had not read that. I didn't know about that book. So I will definitely uh, check it out. That's cool. I, I, I yeah. like Twain's other work. So His first big breakout book. Yep. Awesome. I'm on it. Let me ask you this question. What's a myth about your profession? Oh, maybe that like wine people are more sophisticated than other people. <laughs> you know, you'll hear folks say, oh, you must live on the winery and must be great to go out and stomp the grapes every day. And it's like, God, that sounds pretty fun. You know, it's, it's, it's obviously, um, especially on the sales side, it's obviously, it's not that. But I, I guess I would say, you know, one, one of the, the things that I think comes along with the cultural baggage of wine is that people are intimidated by wine a little bit sometimes. So they, they, they don't, they feel like it's something that they can't appreciate or whatever it is. And that's totally a myth. I mean, this, it's an agricultural product. It's grape juice. It's, it's wonderful and it's incredible. And you can, you can, you can obviously, you know, go down the rabbit hole with it. It's, there's so much there. It's an amazing art form, but it is so approachable. I mean, it is, it is, it is one of the most, I mean, it's one of the oldest, um, you know, agricultural products that that's around and still going to this day. And I just think um, it'd be great if we could get folks to feel more, you know, more comfortable with wine as a part of their lives. And, and it's not something that is uh, just for fancy folks or just, you know, for people who have a degree in wine or whatever it is. And I think we're getting there. I mean, I know, you know, America's made a huge amount of progress just in, in, in for what I've seen in my lifetime, you know, in terms of wine appreciation and understanding. But I don't think that that sort of intimidation factor helps, right? I think it's, I think it's, you know, wine should be something that's shared with your family. It should be something that's that's casual and, and common and on the table. And it's it doesn't have to be a, a big to do and you don't have to wear an ascot to, to drink. <laughs> Although you look very uh, debonair and such a thing. Your message, your message is, okay, hey, wine, possibly complex to make, but darn easy to enjoy, right? That's right. Again, you said it better than I did, Dave. Yeah. Well, I get to listen while you're talking. I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm learning, <laughs> Justin. All right. Well, look, since we've now talked about uh, the career and we're, we brought up to wine, you know, a part of a toast to growth is to, to end each of these conversations with a toast and a toast with a beverage of your choice that is one of your favorites or your favorite. And so I wanted to ask you to tell uh, folks what it is that you're drinking and, and, and what's special about it. And then yeah. have a shared toast. Okay, that sounds like a good, sounds like a plan. So um, this is our 2014 uh, Pinot Noir, and this is our uh, special label that we did. Uh, it's a it's our 25th anniversary uh, label, and this is this is a while ago now. Obviously, uh, 2014. And we we've um, we've recently passed our our 30th, but. Um, so uh, this is uh, all Willamette Valley juice, and we basically made a very small amount of this uh, as, a, as a sort of limited edition bottling. Um, I don't know if folks are not going to see this at home, but basically there's a, uh, there's a um, sort of metallic looking uh, embossed uh, uh, label um, with uh, 25 on it, and it says stewardship, family, and tradition. And that's sort of our, our King Estate uh, family motto. Um, you know, we, uh, we, we take our farming seriously. We, we, we farm everything organically. In fact, we farm everything biodynamically. We're the largest biodynamic vineyard in North America. So we have a really big commitment to, uh, 
to that, to sustainable agriculture. And then of course, family and tradition. Um, you know, we believe in, 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 uh, in, in the tradition of Oregon Pinot Noir and, and, and how it's been made here since the, what, it's 70s. And of course, you know, in, in our family. So we kind of have every, everything we care about on the bottle here. I pour it ahead of time. I've got, I've got the bottle. We're going to have to send you a replacement, man. <laughs> Here's a toast to you, my man. Thank you so much for sharing your growth stories, your journey, uh, and really a, a great adventure where you've mixed art and music and creativity with contributing to a winning team. You know, I, I heard it loud and clear. You're in it for the team. You enjoy the journey, and I am happy to be sharing this toast with you right now. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for having me. Toast to you. Cheers. For those folks listening to the podcast, where can they connect with you online? Yeah, so, um, I mean, obviously, you can go to kingestate.com. You can also go to justinking.com. And I'm on, uh, you know, all the, you know, social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, So I'm, I'm fairly easy to find. So for those of you who are aspiring to a career selling wine, a career in uh, winery or vineyard ownership, a career in not only music and music studios and guitar, but possibly photojournalism in Iraq, (laughs) budding interest in flamenco styled music and love of music and documentaries, please feel free to reach out to Justin King. He's got it. He'll get you on a journey just like the great journey he's taken. He's taken himself. Anybody listening has any ideas, any thoughts, any comments about today's podcast or other ideas for the future and some other things we could do in the podcast, please feel free to reach out to me. I'm Dave Lane. Thank you very much for today's episode, Justin. This was great. Thank you so much. Thank you.